International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, Powerful Manifester, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. Guess what? I'm so excited and so grateful that you have joined me today from all over the world. And I want you to get in agreement with me. And I believe that your life will never be the same again. And after listening to this show, that you're going to receive the download, let's see, the insight, the answers that you've been searching for. So get ready. Well, how are you doing today? It is simply a magnificent day. It's been such a beautiful week here in the ATL, I'm looking out of my window and, you know, autumn is here, but I could see, I noticed just the other day that some leaves were turning yellow in my yard. I'm like, oh my God, OMG, it is really autumn here. So just so grateful. Well, I have a great show for you today. My very special guest, better put your seatbelt on, is Dr. Greg Hammer. He's an MD. And because it is October, can y'all believe it is already October? He's going to be talking to us about the power of intention or how to live intentionally every day or how to live an intentional three months uh, so that you could end the year with the bank. So I cannot wait to hear what he has to say. Well, my mastermind is full, everybody. So if you were thinking about my mastermind, it is already full and I am so grateful. So I'm going to give you just a couple of announcements. Um, somebody asked me the other day, they said, you know, I've had this coaching certification, Constance, and I haven't done anything with it. So my question to you is, are you a certified coach or did you get a life coach certification or a health coach certification? Well, if the answer is yes, you know, there's a big need for coaches now because of the pandemic. People are looking more for inner healing. Uh, they're, they're ready to shift and change. So maybe you have your certification, but you haven't done anything with it. Well, I am your girl. Uh, maybe you've been struggling with positioning yourself online and, and making money. Y'all know I started my coaching online 12 years ago when not very many people were online. So I know all of the ins and outs of online coaching and just some things that you really need to know because the market target is really right now, really, really hot. So I'm going to teach you how to uh, uh, tap into the specific 
urgent needs of your clients. And I'm telling all my life coaches, you can't just say I'm a life coach. You have to ask yourself, what do people need? I'm going to teach you how to narrow it down to your own niche, uh, how to go from broad to very specific, how to use social media to monetize and position yourself. Uh, You know, just what do you do? Possibly how to create a podcast. You know, now everybody is going on. um, What's that app? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm looking at it on my phone. So everybody's going on Clubhouse. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Everybody's going on Clubhouse. So if, if you want to learn how to maximize that certification, maybe you're still working full time, I can certainly give you the ins and outs because by the grace of God, I have been very successful with online coaching. And now you know, I, I shut my office down, uh, the office that I was sharing with another business partner, simply because people, they want to do it online. Now, even uh, you can see all of the advertisements online about you can get therapy online, you can go to your doctor online. But why struggle on your own when you have someone like me who's been there and done that? So email me. Let's do a discovery code just to see uh, if we are a vibrational match. Speaking of vibrational, y'all, uh, I, I'm coming back to my thought. I'll come back to it. Email me at constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Let me know if you live in the U.S. or if you're international. If you live in the U.S., uh, give me your phone number. I ain't going to give it to nobody. And uh, if you're international, Let's Zoom or Skype and just see if we are a vibrational match, Constance, at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Speaking of vibrational, I did a powerful video on social media. I want you to go and, and really watch it. And it's on Instagram. Instagram is the law of attraction, Constance. It's on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is Coach with Constance. And it's, it, it, it's talking about how to become a vibrational match for the desire that you want. I'm not going into that, but make sure you go and watch that. And speaking of social media, uh, also on Twitter, Law of Attraction, Constance, and you can follow me on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, everybody, and tell your friends. Speaking of telling your friends, I'm starting an a Think, Believe, and Manifest ambassador brand kind of campaign. So all you would need to do is once a week really share uh, your the link to my show on your timeline. So essentially, let's just say if the show that I did was on how to become a vibrational match, you would just share it on your timeline, tag me and say, hey, everybody, this is a great show. I listen to Constance every week and do that every week. And then you're going to get a free gift. 
How about that? I'm thinking about giving you either a 30-minute or one-hour coaching session. That's either $100 or $200 just for doing that. You are inviting the people that you know, but you have to be a person who is online. So if that is something that you would be interested in, you would be an ambassador. I'm going to have a Zoom meeting with everybody who's interested. That would take you how long? Maybe five minutes a week. And what would you get in it? What would you get? um, Not in advance, but what would you get for doing that? Probably a 30 minute or a or a one-hour coaching session. Think about it, but you have to be consistent. You have to tag me, etc. So Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. I think that is it. Also, since this show is a blessing to you, I'm going to ask for a donation. I'm going to be uh, in October virtually helping people Uh, especially leadership groups and some women in Africa. That means I have to do um, PowerPoint presentations. You know, I have to pay for that. I'm going to be helping uh, women in Africa who probably don't have a lot of money. So when you're donating, you're really what? Paying it forward for somebody else. And it's something very miraculous about giving. So since this show is a blessing to you, I know it is because you guys are always telling me online and emailing me. You can cash at me at dollar sign Constance Arnold, no spaces, or you can just go to my uh, PayPal and just click donate. And it's something very powerful. You've heard me say, that when you tap into the law of giving and receiving, the law of circulation, uh, Einstein calls it the boomerang effect. That whatever you bless, whatever is blessing you, you bless. Or whatever you give into, it's going to come back and bless you. So that is fulfillingyourpurpose.com. I'm excited to see what Dr. Uh, Hammer is going to say. You know, he's so smart. Uh, I think he is a professor at Stanford and plus he's he's an MD. So we're going to go to these quick commercial guys and then we're going to be right back with Dr. Hammer. So stay tuned and get ready. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, everybody, I'm back and... uh... We have a powerful guest today, my very special guest, and I want to read his who he is, uh, his qualification is Dr. Greg Hammer, MD. He is a professor at Stanford University School of Medicine, a pediatric intensive care physician, 
pediatric anesthesiologist, mindful expert, and the author of Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. Uh, he is a member of the Stanford oh, Well MD Initiative. He's currently the chair of the Physicians Wellness Task Force for the California Society of Anesthesiologists. He's been a visiting professor and lecturer on wellness uh, at institutions worldwide, and he teaches game to medical students, residents, and fellows at Stanford. He's a great guy. I've interviewed him before, and he's going to teach us today about the power of intention. So, Dr. Greg Hammer, welcome back to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Good morning, Constance. Great to be with you again. Great. Uh, well, uh, when your publicist sent me your information, I told her, yes, I definitely want to talk to uh, Dr. Uh, Hammer again. So before we get started, kind of tell uh, the world how you've been doing through pandemic times and uh, uh, just a little insight into that. And then we're going to talk about the power of intention. Sure. Well, I personally have been doing well. I, I have my gain practice every morning, and I practice the elements throughout the day. And the A in gain is acceptance. The, the four elements are gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. With regard to the pandemic, I think there's a lot of acceptance, the A in gain, required by all of us. So we, uh, as the serenity prayer would have it, need to distinguish between things we can change and things that we cannot change. And to the extent that adverse elements in our lives can be changed, then we need to decide if it is practical and we have the time and commitment to do so. Um, but those things that we cannot change, we really must embrace and open our hearts and really allow that pain in and merge with it. And in so doing, we actually diminish our suffering. Uh, there's a formula in the book, Constance, as you may know, which is suffering equals pain times resistance. Mm. And resistance might be considered the converse of acceptance. And so pain in life is inevitable but we can diminish the suffering associated with that pain by dropping our resistance and accepting it. And so your question about how I'm personally doing during the pandemic has a lot to do with accepting the circumstances that uh, personally I cannot change. And certainly they've been quite dramatic. You know, there's always something pretty terrible going on in the world. Um, you know, and, uh, remember the situation in Haiti, which I'm sure remains quite dire, right. uh, where they had the president assassinated and then they had the terrible earthquake and so many people were homeless and then they had to suffer through a hurricane, pounding rains, and many people were sleeping outside. And we sort of forget that in the wake of everything terrible that's been going on in Afghanistan and, of course, the pandemic as well as always lurking and, and we're going through another surge. 
with the Delta variant. So there's a lot going on in the world that can cause fear and anxiety. And we actually need to come to terms with that. And, and, and that's what the game practice uh, addresses in part. So I personally have been doing well, Constance. Um, you know, my work at the hospital continues. My research continues. Uh, wonderful conversations with people like you continue. And I feel extremely fortunate. And, and we all have much for which to be grateful, but I feel in particular uh, lots and lots of gratitude. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about the power of intention. I just love this 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 principle. So so what is intention? And and why well, is it important? Sure. Well, I, you know, one of my heroes, John Kabat-Zinn, who might be considered uh, one of the fathers of mindfulness practice, defined mindfulness as paying attention to the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. And the on purpose is the intention. And let's face it, we can't just sort of react to everything that is going on around us without any purpose and be happy. And intention is the purposeful focus on the present moment. And fortunately, we can use this purpose or intention to rewire the way we think. And that is really so important because we all have two qualities that apparently veil our true nature, which is happiness. And the first one is that we have a negativity bias. We tend to remember the negative and hang on to it and forget the positive. So we have a negativity bias and we all share this. So listeners out there who feel as though they're alone in their negativity, uh, please don't because we all share this. We're all in this together. The other way our brains are wired, Constance, that tends to veil our happiness is that we tend to be obsessed with thoughts of the past and the future. And we can talk more about that. But I would say there are adaptive thoughts of the past and future. For example, it's adaptive to consider our past mistakes so that we learn from them and don't repeat them. It's adaptive, for example, to consider all the wonderful times we've had with loved ones and in nature. But beyond that, when we think about the past, we tend to generate a lot of regret and shame and embarrassment. And this is a combination of our obsession to overthink the past with our negativity bias. And the same for the future. It's adaptive, for example, to plan to put bread on the table and, and look forward to good times. But beyond that, we overthink the future as well. And this tends to generate a lot of fear and anxiety. So we have these two qualities of a negativity bias and obsession with the past and the future. And the good news is that our brains can change. We have this wonderful quality called neuroplasticity, which means that we can, in fact, rewire our brains, but we have to do so with intention. And this is really where intention comes into play. We're imbued with these thoughts, the way our, our brains are wired, that tend to bring us down. 
but we can direct our attention to elements, for example, our gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment, and rewire the way we think. And there's a, a wonderful example of that we can talk about. It's called three things. Okay. Go ahead. Before you go to that, you mentioned in the moment. So listeners need to be intentional, like moment by moment. Well, to the extent feasible, as I said, um, you know, at times it's adaptive to be pondering the past, um, thinking of mistakes we made so that we can correct them or not repeat them. And we certainly want to embrace our wonderful memories. But generally, happiness is in the present moment. And truly, we really only experience the present moment. Uh, when we think about experiences of the past and, and, and what may happen in the future, these are just thoughts. Thoughts come and go. But the present moment and the I of the present moment, that is capital I, is always there. And it's really the only moment that we truly experience. So if we think about the happiest times we've had, it's when we are immersed in the present moment and not thinking of the past and future. For example, we're taking a walk through a beautiful forest with tall trees and light filtering through the canopy above. And we're just so taken by the majesty of the forest and the smell of the pine or what have you, the feeling of the earth under our feet. And we're really just right there. And if you think about all the other really, really happy moments you've had, it's when you've been immersed in the present moment. And so the more we can actually bring our thoughts into focus, into this present moment, the happier we will be. Mm. That is so good. So you said you want to share some examples well, I, uh, you know, one example that I often quote with regard to the power of intention okay. and how we can rewire our brains to be more positive, more present, and less judgmental, uh, I, again, could go to the four elements of pain, using our intention to be more grateful, more accepting of that which causes pain, using our intention actually to be more intentional as well, if you will, that's the iron game, and also using our intention to be less judgmental, and we can, we can go into that as well. So one wonderful example of how intention can make us more present and, and happier is a program that's been ongoing at Duke University called Three Good Things. And I believe it's being led by a PhD psychologist named Brian Sexton. If people want to learn more about it, they can just search for three good things and Dr. Sexton, and they'll be led to uh, lots of material on the internet. But essentially, what the Three Good Things program is, is that those who sign up commit to think of and, if possible, write down three good things that happen to them that day as they prepare to go to sleep at night. So I'm not somebody who writes things down commonly in this regard, but every night I think of three good things that happen during the day. So tonight, for sure, I will think of 
what a gorgeous day it is here in Northern California, and I hope you get outside and enjoy some of that. I'll uh, reflect on our conversation, Constance, as a good thing that happened today. And I have a good friend coming over this afternoon that I haven't seen in quite a while. I'm sure I'll reflect on that and other good things that happened today. And what Dr. Sexton and others have found is that by doing this very simple practice, which really takes no time at all, we can do it while we're turning down the bed linens or what have you before we go to sleep at night, thinking of these three good things, or four or five if you like, actually improves sleep and makes us happier. And so they've actually done this in a very scientific manner by applying uh, a questionnaire called the Maslach Burnout Inventory. And they've had thousands and thousands of participants and have published papers on this. And, And what they've shown is that those who practice three good things at night uh, have significant improvements in their degree of emotional exhaustion, symptoms of depression, and they're happier. And this is actually sustained even after uh, doing the practice for a couple of weeks. Uh, they continue to sleep better and, and be happier months and months later. So this is a really wow. great example of how such a simple practice can take advantage of the neuroplasticity of our brains and begin to rewire the way we think toward a more positive and present outlook. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about the difference between intention and goals. Excellent point. What's that difference? Yeah, well, um, goals are sort of a long-range proposition. Um, whereas intention is right now. Mm. And I'll give you an example of the difference is that, uh, you know, one day I I love to cycle. I take my road bike off the rack on the wall in my garage and I get ready to go for a bike ride up into the hills, uh, which uh, are toward the west of where I live here on Stanford campus. And from the top of those hills, one can see as far as the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Yes, it's, it's beautiful. So I may have a goal, let's say, of taking my bike and, and riding up through the hills and reaching the summit and having this amazing view. Uh, but my intention is to be present and enjoy the ride to the extent possible. So I focus on every rotation of the pedals, I focus on my breath, I focus on the beautiful scenery and the smell of fresh air as I get away from the automobile traffic and get up into the hills. And so that's my intention. My intention is to be present during the ride, to experience what it feels like with my feet and the pedals and how my leg muscles feel as I'm riding uphill. My goal is to see the Pacific Ocean. So... I'm successful with regard to my intention and enjoying every moment of the ride. I get to the top, and as often happens around here, the fog is rolled in, and I can't see more than about 100 feet ahead of me as I look west toward the ocean. So I haven't reached my goal, if you will, but I have actualized my intention, and I'm not disappointed. 
I am uplifted by how my intention has allowed me to be present and to really enjoy the beauty of the ride, even though my goal of seeing the Pacific Ocean has not been actualized. So that's just an example of the difference between intention, which is with us right now, and goals, which are a bit off in the distance. So how can you help someone who might have set a goal of, let's just say, losing weight in 2021, but it hasn't happened? How can they combine intention and goals? I noticed you said you, uh, 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 that, you know, maybe you didn't go as far as you wanted to, or maybe the fog was so thick that you had to stop and turn around and, and go back cycling. So how can we combine those two so people won't just judge themselves about my goodness, you should have lost this weight by now. I'm just using that as an example. Sure. No, that's a good example. I would say that uh, it's all about how we structure our intention. So if our plan is to lose weight, we might, for example, have the intention of eating in a more healthy manner. Or we may have the intention of eating smaller portions or all of the above. And so let's have the intention of having a more healthful, carefully considered diet with the goal of perhaps losing weight and also being healthier because our diet obviously is extremely important to our health as well as sleep and exercise. So I would advise that people really focus on the daily practice of healthful eating, maybe reducing the portions, eating more slowly, reading up on good nutrition. And if they slowly but surely actualize these intentions, they will lose weight. But even if they haven't lost weight after a week or two, at least they've manifest their intentions of being healthier and, and eating in a more conscious mindful and healthy way and you know again focusing on their intention right now will lead to good things and i'm sure ultimately will lead to weight loss as well yeah should people set intentions every day and should they have daily rituals that are intentions i hope i said that right well i do think that that you know, people should have a daily practice. So if we want to be happier and more present and more positive, sure, taking a week-long or two-week-long vacation once or twice a year is great. It does help us sort of push the reset button. But as we all know, after we've returned to work and home following a vacation, quickly enough, uh, we're sort of right back where we started before the vacation. And so vacations are great, but what I think really matters to a greater degree is the daily practice of happiness, in fact. And so I I do think that we should begin the day with a game meditation, for example, whereby uh, we concentrate on our gratitude, our acceptance, 
our intention and also being non-judgmental. And so I think we should have a daily practice whereby we are clear about our intentions. And, uh, you know, the three good things is one example. So we can set our intention to articulate three good things that happen to us during the day as we prepare for bed. That would be one intention. Another intention might be, again, to eat in a healthy and well-considered conscious manner. Another intention is to be more present in our thought process. So when we catch ourselves dwelling on the past and generating shame and, and regret or the future and generating fear and anxiety and catastrophizing and thinking of the worst possible thing that might happen, even though it rarely does, when we catch ourselves thinking in those manners, we can, through our purposefulness or our intention, have a bit of laugh at ourselves and bring our attention back to the present moment. So I do think that the practice of intention should be daily. And what I expect to happen is if we do this daily practice, after weeks and months, we'll look back and, and we'll realize actually that, that our thought processes have gone a distance toward making us happier people. Yeah. Well, you know, you've mentioned being non-judgmental a couple of times. So how can we be non-judgmental during these times because of everything that's happening in the world? Example, the vaccinated are judging the non-vaccinated and vice versa, mask and no mask. How do we walk through that practically right now? First, uh, let's... I'm just using that as an example. It can be anything. Sure. No, that's a good example, Constance. I would say first, let's accept that we can't change the way other people think. Mm -hmm. So whether we believe that we should all be vaccinated or we believe that we have the right not to be vaccinated, we can only guide our own decision-making. We can't have much influence on the way other people think. And so the first thing is to just accept others and respect their decisions and, and not jump to conclusions about whether they're good or bad. And, you know, I, I tell a story in the book of uh, an experience I had where I was attending a Qigong retreat with Ming Tong Gu, uh, who's a, just a wonderful Qigong teacher, and he had us, as we were sitting on the floor in this large room, pair off and face each other with our, with our Qigong partner. And then he had one of us, he said, those who have the shorter hair go first, look at the other person and say, you are good, repeatedly. You are good. You are good. And then we traded places, and the person with the longer hair addressed the other and said the same thing. You are good several times. And then he instructed us to do the same thing but say, you are bad. You are bad. You are bad. And, and the situation was reversed with our partner. And then he asked us how it felt telling the other and being told, you are good. And everybody thought, well, it felt good. It was a positive thing. And he asked us how it felt telling and being told you are bad. And everyone said generally that was uncomfortable and not enjoyable. And I was thinking, 
You know, actually, they're both judgments. And mm-hmm. when you tell someone else they're good, you may decide five minutes later that they're bad if you're judging them. And in fact, that's exactly what Ming Tong told us was the point of the exercise, which is that both deeming someone else good or bad is a judgment, and, and that judgment could be changed at any time. Let's sort of transcend the good or bad judgment and simply accept and appreciate the other person exactly as they are. And this is a good example of dropping judgments. And it's actually really simple, but again, we have to set our intention on non-judgment. And, you know, I teach that as part of the game meditation and practice that every day. That's good. So, so Dr. Hammer, how can uh, people discover maybe what they truly want in order to set their intentions? Well, I think what we all want, and I'm talking about all 7 billion of us, Mm -hmm. is happiness. We all want simply to be happy. And the good news is that happiness is within all of us. It's our true nature. And unfortunately, that tends to get covered up or veiled by the workings of the mind, both having this negativity bias and getting stuck in thoughts of the past or the future. And so, again, the good news is that we have this quality called neuroplasticity and we can change the way we think through our intention. And so I would just simply, again, advocate uh, the game practice where we go to our gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. And, you know, if you'd like, we can talk about that brief morning meditation, which can be done in three minutes. I would. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, what I teach as far as embracing this gain practice is that we set our intention the night before. So we commit to doing the game meditation in the morning, and we're going to take three or four or five minutes to do that. So we set our alarm three or four or five minutes earlier than we would have otherwise. I don't think we're going to miss that amount of sleep. And if we think we will, we can always go to bed five minutes earlier than we had otherwise planned. Mm -hmm. We get up in the morning, we open the blinds, we do our morning hygiene, and then we think of a comfortable place to sit Again, any position is fine. I would recommend not lying down and falling asleep again, of course. So sitting up in a comfortable position, whether it's on the floor or in a chair, and closing our eyes and first going to our breath, bringing our intention to the air, passing in through our nose and kind of filling our chest, and then passively being released without any effort. And doing this slowly with intention. So drawing a breath to a count of three through the nose, pausing to a count of three, and then just letting go of the breath to a count of four. And repeating that a few times. And you could notice that our heart rate is going down, the adrenaline in our body is falling away, and we're kind of sinking into this nice, relaxed, calm state. And then we draw our attention to gratitude. And we all have much for which to be grateful. So whether that is a miracle drug that's 
improving our health, which is the case with me since I was diagnosed with a malignancy about 10 years ago. And I simply take a pill every day and I feel great. Um, I'm certainly very grateful for that. I'm grateful for the loved ones in my life. I'm grateful for the work that I have the privilege of doing and interacting with all these wonderful people every day at the hospital and, and the patients and their families as well. So I have my health, my loved ones, my work, and I just sort of let my mind experience and be bathed in gratitude for these elements. Then we shift our focus to the pain in our lives, frankly, and the pain that we feel for others around the world. And as we're in touch with our breath, we sort of let this pain in. And we imagine opening our chests and opening our hearts and bringing this pain closer and closer until we merge with it, until there's really no separation between us and this pain. And for me, the first thing I think of is the death of my son four years ago at the age of 29. So I think about that. It's something that I cannot change. It's painful. I bring it closer and closer. I actually envision it, this pain entering my heart. I'm merging with it. There's no separation. And when I ask myself a question, can I live with this pain forever? The answer is yes. And I just sort of let that resonate with my breath. I go back to just drawing my attention to my breath, the in-breath, the pause, the out-breath and the pain. And usually what happens when we do this, when we bring that pain closer, when we accept it, when we lower our resistance to it, we stop pushing it away, we find out that it's not as bad as we thought. At least the suffering associated with that pain does not have to be overwhelming. And so we contemplate this acceptance and it could be lots of things for different people. It could be just thinking about the world and, uh, you know, as I said, the unfortunate people in Haiti and in Afghanistan and elsewhere, and those who have lost family members related to COVID, we can let that pain just kind of join our hearts. And then we go back to our breath and we draw our attention to, attention to our intention and recognize the beauty of the present moment we may recall three good things that happened to us yesterday and will be experienced today. And we remind ourselves as we allow the breath to take place in this slow and deliberate manner that we have the ability to be more positive in our thought process and more present in our thought processes. So we sort of bathe ourselves in this intention to rewire our brain and to be present. And then we move to non-judgment. And for me, I'll tell you, Constance, what I think of. Okay. I think of the Earth as seen from space in one of these amazing NASA photographs. The Earth just sort of suspended in space. And I recognize that the Earth is neither good nor bad. The earth, the world is exactly the way it is. I didn't make it that way, and I'm not going to change it substantially. And I have this sort of feeling of benevolence. The earth is beautiful, but it is neither good nor bad. 
And then I draw the attention to myself, and I realize that if the earth is neither good nor bad, it's logical to believe that I am neither good nor bad. So all this kind of self-judgment, and, and again, with our negativity bias, we are our own harshest critics. But during our non-judgment contemplation as part of the game morning practice, we think of the earth as being neither good nor bad, we'll eventually be able to see ourselves as neither good nor bad. And we pledge to embark upon the day as we catch ourselves judging for the first time, we pledge to let go of that judgment. And then we simply bring our attention back to the breath for a couple of cycles, just focusing on the in-breath, pausing, and letting the breath go. And we do that a couple of more times and then slowly open our eyes. And we're ready to go out into the world and embrace these practices during the day. So, for example, non-judgment. We're driving to work. Somebody driving ahead of us cuts into our lane without using a turn signal and cuts us off a bit. We start to form lots of judgments, let's face it, about that driver. Right. We remember we did our game meditation. We pledged to drop the judgment today, maybe to drop the judgment of the first person we were rendering as good or bad in various ways. And so we think of that when we start to form judgments about this person, and we simply let the judgment go. You know, this could have been me doing that at some point. Maybe their wife is in the car about to deliver a baby. Who knows? But regardless, that person is neither good nor bad. And we just drop the judgment. And it's a little bit humorous, actually, when we catch ourselves doing that. And so we apply these game principles throughout the day. And again, I think that after weeks and months of this practice, we'll look back and realize how much progress we've made and how much more positive we are, how much more present we are. Well, you know, I want you to expound a little bit on, on pain merging with the pain so someone who you know you, you you your son made his transition i mean people don't normally like to merge with pain so when they merge with the pain are they accepting it expound on that just a little bit for listeners who might be going through some difficult times and they're like man i don't want to merge with pain constance i'm trying to use the law of attraction Sure. Well, uh, you know, the, the absence of merging with pain really is the resistance yeah. for pain. And so that basically we have a choice. Are we going to try not to think about this thing? Are we going to try to submerge it and, and place other thoughts on top of it and, and really resist the experience? Or are we going to fully accept this pain and open our hearts to it and merge with it. And by lowering our resistance, reduce our suffering. So that's the choice that we have. We can either determine or have the intention that this pain is going to lead to a lot of suffering, or we can begin to get on the path toward Okay, I sort of missed. Are you still here? Yes. 
Okay, you yes, can get exactly. Okay. Yes, so I'm sorry. I had a distracting noise in the background. So, <laughs> yes, we all think that dwelling on the pain is going to increase our suffering. And I'm not really talking about obsessing over the pain. Again, mm -hmm. when it comes to thoughts of the past, which may represent painful thoughts, we don't want to obsess on that. We have to decide as these thoughts arise, is this something I can change or not? And if it's not something I can change, is it something I can accept? And are these thoughts I'm having leading toward acceptance, or are they just ruminating thoughts of something that I cannot change? And I think a lot of times the pain that we resist is just rumination over something that happened in the past. And so true. We do need to decide, is that constructive or not? And if it's not, then just let go of those thoughts. I do think that practicing acceptance of that which brings pain will reduce the suffering, and, and we'll be able to decide at some point whether it's fruitful going back to these thoughts in order to accept the pain or not. At some point, through this practice, we find that we have really truly accepted this particularly painful experience. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, that's so good. So when people practice the game method, are they, uh, does that like activate the brain to be happier or are people more in the vibration of happiness? Okay, Dr. Hammer, we had a little bit of disconnect there. And kind of what I was asking you was, that when people practice the gain method, are they getting more into the vibration of happiness? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the reason is that as we practice gain, we find ourselves being more grateful, more accepting, rather than resisting pain that we feel. We get in touch with our purposefulness, our ability to intentionally rewire our brains away from this negativity bias and obsession with the past and the future. And we are learning to recognize when we're judging things so that we can drop the judgment. So absolutely, this practice is all about unveiling the happiness that we all have within us. And the way we learn constants is through taking baby steps a little bit at a time, but through repetition. I love that. So that's why I think even a three-minute practice done daily or almost every day will get us to where we want to go. We can make a huge impact on the way we think for the better. And my last question is, are you happy? You sound happy and peaceful and centered. You know, I am generally a happy person uh, since I, I, I am enjoying life. Uh, I've learned so much just by embracing this practice. And uh, I would say that I'm generally a happy person. I think we all have to recognize that as much as there is joy in the world, 
And as much as we experience happiness, there's also pain and suffering in the world. And that is part of our existence, inexorably linked to who we are. And so we're all going to have times that are painful and we're all going to suffer at times. I think what's important is that the arrow is pointing in a positive direction through intention. And I, I feel very fortunate to be on that path myself. So I certainly do experience frustrations, times of uh, unhappiness and suffering, but those are diminishing over time. And, and just being on the right track uh, is uplifting for me. Well, you know, this this has been so powerful. And I just want to say to listeners, just doing the, the three to four minute practice that Dr. Hammer shared, you know, you know, I had my eyes closed as you were as you were going through the process, and it was so calming. Uh, I felt in a more relaxed state. Um, I, I was really one with you, and just imagine, like you said, if you take that small baby step every day, that small practice can really just dramatically change our lives absolutely so grateful for you so tell listeners about how can they get your book and um and then at the end i just want you to say you know what's the last word you have for people all over the world how can they get your your game method book happiness well i have a website which is greghammermd.com, G-R-E-G-H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com, all lowercase. And the book is on Amazon as well. So if you go to Amazon and you just put Game Without Pain and Hammer in there, you'll find it. Uh, so it's, it's pretty easily accessible. And there's a lot of media on the greghammermd.com website as well. A lot okay. of, of good stuff there. And I guess I would just leave people with the thought that we can change the way we think. We can do so in a very simple manner that's accessible to all of us, just as the breath is always present and accessible. And through baby steps, daily practice, embracing the principles of gain, we can become gradually happier and happier people. And really, that's all that all of us on the planet want. And we're not alone in any regard that we all have this negativity bias. We all have this obsessive way of thinking of the past and the future. And so let's sort of drop the judgment of ourselves first and foremost. But again, baby steps, embrace the game principles. And I'm quite sure that those who do will be happier and happier. I agree with that. You, you didn't know this, uh, Dr. Hammer, but my mantra, every year I get a new mantra uh, for ending my show. And for this year, this is my mantra. Get happy, stay happy, be happy, and see what happens. That's what Lovely. I've been saying at the at the end of every show. So thank you so much, Dr. Dr. Hammer. And as I say every week, just like I just said, but I'm gonna say it again, get happy, stay happy, be happy, and see what happens. Have a great week, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.